A blip in U.S. disinflation wrecked haywalk across the financial markets yesterday. The U.S. yields jumped, equities fell, and the U.S. dollar rallied on the realization that the Fed may delay its first rate cut to the second half of this year. So welcome. This is Swiss Code's Daily Market Talk. Yesterday's inflation data from the US didn't go smoothly down the market's throat. Instead, the stronger than expected set of inflation data from the US dashed hopes of seeing the Federal Reserve cut the interest rates anytime in the first half of this year. Because in numbers, the headline inflation eased from 3.4 to 3.1%, but didn't slip below the 3% level as expected. Increases in food, medical care, and shelter costs were apparently responsible for two-thirds of the overall increase in inflation in the U.S. in January. But core inflation, which excludes these food and energy prices because they are just too volatile for the Fed to consider, didn't ease either and remain steady at the 3.9% level. And you know what? Even the super core inflation, which basically excludes everything that people like you and I use, stuff like food, energy, and shelter, rose as well. And romantics will be paying a lot more for their Valentine's chocolates this year, unfortunately, because cocoa prices more than doubled since last year due to some hostile weather conditions in Western Africa. So how lovely, right? Happy Valentine's Day. Now, what didn't rise was the prices of used cars in the US and some goods that fall in that category of broader goods. Well, they didn't rise. So be happy still because you can still eat coffee tables and sleep in used cars, I guess. But Joke aside, and more worryingly for the next couple of months, the latest inflation revisions from the BLS last week confirmed the recent slowdown that we saw in the US inflation figures, but it also gave a hint that the new weightings to calculate inflation that became effective in January and that give more importance to services than goods will likely boost inflation to some extent in the coming months. And the only consolation here is, well, the Fed's PC index, the one that the Fed officials watch to decide what to do next with their monetary policy, well, doesn't put much weight on these shelter costs. So, well, it should stay somewhere closer to the 2% target of the Fed. But yeah, I mean, yesterday's news was hard to swallow. Still, the US two-year yield jumped past the 4.60% level and returned to the levels before the Federal Reserve's pivot hint back in December. Remember when the Fed officials had revealed a dot plot predicting a 75 base point cut for the Fed this year? Well, now we are above that meeting levels in the U.S. two-year yield. The U.S. 10-year yield is back to 4.30% level, and there is absolutely no way for the Fed to cut its interest rates in March this year. That's clear to everyone. And the probability of a May rate cut from the Fed tanked from 56% to around 40% in a single session right after the inflation release. And markets now see the first Fed cut happen maybe in June with around 75% chance and that's in limbo. So that's such a wild ride in market expectations, guys, because remember, 
we began this year pricing an 80% chance for a March rate cut and we came all the way to pricing a 75% chance for a June rate cut in just like yeah, less than two months. So equities are not happy. The S&P 500 fell 1.37% yesterday from an all-time high level and Nasdaq died 1.58%. Small caps, which are obviously more sensitive to financing costs, tanked almost 4% yesterday. And although some insist that the data, yesterday's data could be just a blip in the US disinflation trend and should not get everyone panicked and selling, although overbought market conditions, especially in the US equities, which resulted from these overstretched rate expectations for the Fed, should find a more balanced place to sit. And this means that it would be only healthy for the S&P 500 Nasdaq to consolidate gains and ideally give back some of the latest advance. Because otherwise, the valuations as they are today become just excessive and quite unsustainable anyway, with or without higher inflation or disinflation. Now, regarding the rate cuts... Well, I can tell you that no one can tell you if June or July would be a better time for the Federal Reserve to start cutting the interest rates because no one has a crystal ball. The data will decide when the time comes and we will be watching the data. But the incoming data shows a surprising strength in the U.S. economy because Atlanta Fed's GDP estimate, for example, prints a 3.4% growth for the first quarter of this year. So that's far from what you need to start cutting the interest rates. And so the blip that we saw in yesterday's disinflation in the US is more understandable than not, given how strongly the US consumers spent. And it's not only the economic data, mind you, because the companies also agree. Coca-Cola's fourth quarter organic revenue rose by 12% while the volumes fell 1% and Kellogg's gained 7.5% more last quarter by selling 10% less. So that means that these companies make more money by increasing their prices even though the volumes go down. And that proves that the robust spending is not just a number that you see on your economic calendar. It is the reality of the field in the US. So with all this in hand, well, we can pretty much conclude that the time for the Fed rate cut has not come just yet. And the US dollar index rallied past its 100-day moving average and tested the 105 level yesterday on the back of well, exhausted Fed dose after the inflation data. Gold slipped below the $2,000 per ounce level on the back of a stronger US dollar and rising US yields that increased the opportunity cost of holding the non-interest bearing gold uh, in the fx markets well the euro dollar took out my 107.10 bearish target and tested the 107 psychological level to the downside yesterday and the dollar yen really passed the 150 psychological level as well all eyes are now shifting to the japanese officials who could anytime intervene in the fx markets to cool down the selling pressure on their japanese Yen. And well, if you need more inflation data, 
because you didn't have enough of all the inflation data that we got from the US yesterday. Well, the British inflation that was just released this morning didn't rise as expected in January and that despite a stronger than expected jobs data released yesterday in Britain. So that's good news. Now, cable remains under pressure due to a softer than expected CPI read this morning and a broadly stronger US dollar due to a softer CPI yesterday. But the sell-off in the euro pound has potential to extend toward the 0.84 level in the continuation of an ABCD bearish pattern. And finally, well, finally, inflation in Switzerland got every single banker out there super jealous and envious yesterday as apparently inflation in Switzerland unexpectedly fell to 1.3% level in January on a yearly basis. The super strong Swiss franc helped the Swiss keep their head above water this January and even climb on a yacht, apparently. Now, economists that actually put this number to together have well, clearly a better understanding and a better strategy for managing their health insurance costs that went up by 10% on average this January than I do because I couldn't manage to do as well or the weight of these insurance costs in the consumer basket doesn't match the reality. But in all cases, the good news for the Swiss is the below target inflation should encourage the Swiss National Bank to cut the interest rates before the others. That would soften the Swiss franc, that would boost the Swiss exports and the economy and help the SMI index return to the top half of its 2022 to now trading range. But the bad news is, while appetite for SMI will still face a challenging blow to overall investor sentiment if things start getting ugly elsewhere. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily market comments and please please do not forget to hit that like button on these videos to let us know that you enjoy them so i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading